Welcome to Unraveling Midlife. I'm your host, Sarah Spence. Thanks for joining me as I explore my own astrological midlife by speaking with all sorts of inspiring people about their life and work. If you're new to the show, welcome. In case you haven't heard of it, astrological midlife relates to Western astrology transits that run from the mid-30s to the mid-40s for everyone. Each of the main midlife transits have an overall theme, though details vary by generation and by individual. It directly corresponds to the term midlife crisis, though I like to call it the midlife unravelling, thanks to Brene Brown. There's a link to her excellent article on that, as well as links to episodes that go more in depth on the astrology in the show notes. Today's guest is the amazing Steffi August. She's a self-leadership coach, speaker and teacher. Her catchphrase is, it's time to talk. And talk we do starting with her life journey from beyond the Berlin Wall in East Germany to refugee status in West Germany before emigrating to New Zealand. Packed with sayings that will make you pause and reflect on life in general, this episode is both uplifting and inspiring. Do check the show notes to get in touch with Steffi or to find out more about her upcoming charity event in the Bay of Plenty. At the end of the episode, you'll be treated to some of my original music, previously unreleased. Steffi, welcome to Unraveling Midlife. It's great to have you here. Can you tell us, tell us a little bit about you? Wow. I know, straight in, right? That's a handful, (laughs) but I will take, I will, yeah, I will take it short. So as you can hear, I've got a little bit of an accent. I was actually made in East Germany. Mm. When I say East Germany, it was a while ago. Yeah. And living there, living in East, living in East Germany was very challenging. And uh, we made a decision. It's time to make some life changes. And we tra- immigrated to West Germany after two and a half years of waiting and fighting. So this is an adult or? Yes, yes. I was 23. So 23 years and seven months. Then we had we got the permission to immigrate. But we we had to fight for two and a half years. We lost our jobs. We were put under secret surveillance by the Stasi. We had microphones in the car in the flat, but we didn't know in the beginning. Three times we tried to escape, but unsuccessfully. So we had to wait till we got the final permission. What 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 is an escape? Like how did you try and escape? So what we tried, or no, not tried, what we did, we went to Hungary officially and went to the embassy and we said we're not going back to East Germany. We wanted them to move us to West Germany. So lots, lots of people did it. Mm. But he said no already too many we can't do this anymore so oh. we tried twice and another one we tried we went to berlin because berlin to west berlin you could escape at night time if you wanted to risk your life over the wall yeah wow you could try this one so friends of ours actually did it so they went overnight so here was already in west germany but his wife was shot, so he came back and both went to prison. Six floors under the main street in Dresden. We had no idea the prison was there. Oh, my God. And a year later, they overnight, they moved them to West Germany. We had no idea for one year where they've been. No idea. So did you find them once you were in West Germany or were you able to hear? They contacted, yeah, they contacted us through third parties because we were not allowed to have any contact with them mm. yeah so that's how we actually how we found out so in our third time we wanted to go in a boot of an embassy car because the embassy cars from west east berlin to west berlin they could go to the checkpoint charlie without checking so they just could go through right but since 
all the streets around the embassy were monitored and was far too risky. And we had a daughter. So. Okay. So, I mean, I've been to Berlin, so I can picture some of this. I'm just thinking for the listeners, it's like there's, if you go to Berlin, there's these walls with these murals and there's this checkpoint that with like a little, oh, what do you call it? Like a little, like a toll booth kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's right. And there would be guys with with guns looking pretty damn grim, ready to shoot. Wow, that's that's some scary stuff there. That's right. Hundred and seventy eight actually lost their lives, tried to escape. Oof. There they. Yeah. And so it, it was. Was it? It was nineteen eighty eight nine. Nine. The war came down in November. Yeah. Give, give us a little bit of a history lesson because like yeah. if there's anyone yeah. like me I vaguely remember it happening on the news but I was at primary school yeah. um what but what led what led to that I ex explain it now like so the, the war came up in 1961 so I was born 65 so I was four years old so I, I didn't know the difference for me it was normal but I call it we lived behind the wall and uh you could see we were so dictated and manipulated and calculated that most of the people didn't want this anymore. We couldn't we couldn't say what we wanted to say. We couldn't travel. No way you could go anywhere. We were so dictated and manipulated that it couldn't go for any longer. You know what I mean? Mm. It was the traveling and we had to go on the 1st of May was a national uh, public holiday. You had to go to, it wasn't a protest, but it was for our government. If you wouldn't go, you would get punished. So I actually explain that growing up in East Germany was like a boot camp. At school, we had to walk during our so we started school from seven in the morning till one or two o'clock in the afternoon, six days a week, Saturday included. Yeah. And during a 10 o'clock lunch break, that was our bigger break, we had to walk in a circle outside school in a circle. P teachers were standing in the middle on the sides. There was a circle. You could not walk across. You could not walk the other way, the opposite. You had to work in circles. So we were from the beginning, actually from the moment you were born, it was like all structured. You were in a system, in a boot camp, and you couldn't speak up. If you would have spoken up, yeah, you were punished. And having seen your birth chart, I imagine that was quite a challenge for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it, it not challenging. Where we yeah, like to talk and we like our freedom. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. But the other side, I also have to say, Sarah, there's it not everything was bad because we didn't know the difference. If you don't know the difference, ignorance is bliss. Normal. Yeah, it is your normal. We played outside. Every child went to the equesh after the six weeks they were born. They went to the equesh. We went to kindergarten, school, no unemployment. You got your job. So there were good things as well. Mm. It was all, like I say, dictated, like when you go shopping and say, today you can buy two yogurts, one tomato sauce. So it was all limited, stuff like this. It was a boot camp. I imagine a, most of Eastern Europe was like that in those times. Yeah, we, could, we couldn't go out. Where I was living in Dresden, Dresden was the city we were absolutely sheltered from everything. Everything. We did have no idea what was, we were not allowed to, what was going on. Outside. So that's just such the opposite, generally, of somewhere like New Zealand, where we both live. Like, mm -hmm. wow. Okay. So I asked you to tell me about yourself, and you've told me this like whole, like, wow this is kind of your background and where you came from which is really sets the scene um yeah that really sets sets the scene so 
let's just keep on going. Like how you, you managed to immigrate to Western Germany? Yes, we got the um, notice because there was no phones. We didn't even have the phone at home. We got a notice in the letterbox. And uh, then you had 24 hours to leave the next day. Oh seven, my God. seven minutes past 10 in a special provided train. And you were only allowed to take two suitcases, no money, no money at all. Did they search your gear thoroughly for money? Yeah. 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 So what we did, because at this time you could in West Germany, they had $500 notes as a 500 West German marks, yeah. 500 ones. So my partner, he organized one. And we, when we went into the, to the train, between the seats, we put the $500 note. But with the risks. That you might lose that. Yeah. If they would have found it, we would have gone to prison and Sally into foster care. Oh, geez. Yeah. So we we really risked, but we needed something for the start. Yeah. So five, yeah, 500. Yeah. It was a very interesting, long, silent train ride. But as soon as you saw the white houses, wow was amazing honestly we we fought into each other arms and we, we just started crying but happily crying you know then six yeah. o'clock in the morning you arrive in west germany cold pouring with rain and at the train station you see a food and veggie job shop with oranges with mandarins with bananas even with strawberries but not for us we couldn't buy it because we weren't allowed to take any money with us. Oh, so they didn't. So East Germany did not have tropical fruits, which would no. have been tropical compared for Germany. And and all your your houses were not white. Were they all grey? Were yeah. they grey apartment blocks like the ones I've seen in other Eastern European countries? Yeah, yeah. all grey and miserable. Hmm. I noticed when I went through. Um, Slovakia they'd painted them all really bright colors <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, no, no. Oh. But yeah when we arrived so the red cross they uh, were waiting for us and we went to a refugee camp for three days so we shared a room with another family but a very small room yeah and we were yeah tests you know on questions 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 for three days questions 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 and then we received 150 West German marks for our family of three. It, might, it was on my daughter's fourth birthday, actually. And so, like, what would that maybe be in an equivalent of dollars now? The same. The, the, you would say $150 New Zealand dollars. Like, ooh, ooh, yeah. Ooh. yeah, exactly the same. Yeah. And then, and then you, you start, really, you start from zero. And, and then they turf you out and you have to go find somewhere to live with your 150 West German marks. We were lucky that my partner's brother, he immigrated previous before we, we before we did. We didn't have the like the best relationship. And he offered us to stay in a rumpus room, stay sleeping on the mattress. So well, something. It's better than the street. That, that, yeah, that was something. That's right. So it was cars, but it definitely helped. And then yeah, we went to house and started went to work straight away so work was there but oh, yeah. they looked at you oh, yeah, you're from east germany yes you were not really welcome to be honest and so how long were you in west germany before because you clearly ended up in new zealand eight years eight years eight yeah eight eight years so it it was it was a good time it was Munich is it's it's then we moved to me it was amazing it was a good time but then sometimes in life you know so okay is this really what I want? Or is there something missing? Mm. I have to be honest, living in Munich, the freedom was missing again. Ah. Really, to be honest. Yes. In general or because you are from East Germany? No, in, in general. In general. So how can I say this? Because I'm, I'm an immigrant in New Zealand now as well. But in Germany, Germany has really... With immigrants, they open the doors and they get everything. But they actually neglect their own population. And there was something really going on there. There's my daughter at school. She was the only 
German speaking in the swimming class. Okay. And then she comes home and says, Mom, I can't even talk to them. Because they're all refugees from other places. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And were there German people living in Munich or were they just living in a different part of Munich? Was it quite segregated? No, they actually got houses subsidized from the government. So, yeah, that was, that was a little bit tough to see. That's the own population repaying the tax. You know what I mean? Then uh, we didn't have many rights anymore. Hang on. I need a little bit more context. <clears throat> so why? Can you explain in other words? Yes. As, so if, if I'm honest, exactly what happened to me, to us, is this okay with you, Sarah? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what happened, uh, as, as an example, so I was a single mum and uh, my daughter went to school, but I had a full-time job and I needed my full-time job because I had to pay rent yes. and the bills, you know, how it is. So there was after-school care. So this after-school care is there that I can, can work full-time, mm. but you have to apply for it. I went and applied for it. They said, in my face, in my face, I still can see it. Miss Hübner, you are not wearing a, how do you call it? Oh, oh God. A scarf? Yeah, yeah. You're not wearing a scarf. You're not entitled for after school care. That's what they said, in my face. And, and what? In my scarf. What did he does a headscarf represent? This is uh, most Turkish people had a scarf. Okay, so they're only taking Turkish or Muslim people's yeah. kids for after school care. Yeah. So, on I I'm a fighter. You know, I had my yeah. warm up in East Germany. I'm a fighter. It was my right, and I did fight, and I got my place for my daughter to go after school care and things like this to be honest it really pushed us together again you you couldn't be you mm. you know your rights were taken off you but just because of what people decided not because of what yeah, people yeah that's right because it's it's fine germany is an amazing country there's people can come in from other countries immigrants you know the thing is if they also would work and earn the rights to be there and not just open their hands and getting everything for free. And this is what it costs a little bit. Oh, because you're working. In, 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 yeah. Oh, so they only wanted refugees if the refugees were, couldn't contribute. Like, yeah, yeah, I kind of, I kind of get what you're saying. That's quite bizarre, quite bizarre. And so it, it was tough. It was tough. Yeah, it sounds sounds like that. What is it? What first thirty one years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I when, when New Zealand. I I was thirty. Yeah, I was thirty one when I came to New Zealand. Okay, so the decision. It's how good. did you end up in New Zealand? Like this is getting to be quite an interesting. I mean, <laughs> oh, then, then we decided. Uh, with my new partner, we decided. Oh, it's time for a change. It's it's not the life we want to live. Mm. There is something else out there. And why, why do you have to stay somewhere just for the sake of staying but not being happy? Mm. And then we just, you know what, time for something different. And then really we say, first we thought New Australia, that was because I didn't know New Zealand, to be honest. I I didn't, I had no idea. The Lord of the Rings hadn't come out yet. We, we forget. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I'm <laughs> and then and near... Australia was okay. Everybody knew there was somewhere Australia. I said, "Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, why not? We should go to Australia." But there were some things with immigration so easy, and uh, so we checked it all up with immig- with um immigration. I said, "Now it doesn't look too good." I said, "Okay, then if this one doesn't work out, you always have a plan B in life, as it is." Oh, what's close? Oh, we go to New Zealand. Heck yeah, why not? So in this look, the immigration was much easier to come to New Zealand, even it was hard when you look at back now, you know, coming coming over. So and then yeah, we decided we went on holiday Christmas, 
And then we got back in January and it's like, you know what? Yeah, we immigrated to New Zealand. I couldn't speak the language. Not only my name is Steffi. That sounds like my German. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know where to go and we didn't have any visas and the container was on its way. Wow. That's a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I always say, Sarah, once you know your why, you'll figure out your how. There's a quotable quote. Once you know your why, you figure out the how. Mm -hmm. mm. We want. We wanted to get out. We wanted to live. We wanted to have, with, with the family. You know, not not like the same what was in in East Germany. No, the no traveling. You you're not allowed to speak up. You're not allowed to move freely. I didn't want this. Mm. You know what I always say, Sarah. I really like the. I really like the saying. I um. Uh, I live. I I wasn't a I lived a person in life but I wasn't a prisoner in my own life. Is that someone like Viktor Frankl? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I always say this. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know if there's somebody say this, but I always say this. I love, I love. Well, it's your quote. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't, I heard, I haven't heard it from anyone. Ah, so yeah. it's your quote. Yes. Well, we can choose not to be prisoners in our own lives. Mm -hmm. It's us. It's really, it's your decision. We can blame anyone from the outside. You can blame anyone. But at the end, you make the decision for your own life. And so that's what you've done in New Zealand because you've been New Zealand with nothing. And, and I tell you, the cars driving on the other side of the road, oh, the yes. steering wheel was on the other side in the car. How many times did you get in the wrong side? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this, is a good, this is a good question because we lived in the beginning in Auckland and so my pa then partner, he went to work. He got a work visa. He was an auto mechanic, so he it was good. He got the visa, and I was the visitor with the kids. And uh, I had to go to Auckland very often in the city. Kids to school and daycare, me to Auckland. I studied the map beforehand to make sure I didn't end up on the other side of the road, I tell you. Because there was no phone and GPS. You had your map. Mm -hmm. had the map you had to read the map and you know Auckland yeah Auckland is, it's crazy that's and oh. in the beginning when the phone was ringing I said nah I'm not answering I can't understand the Kiwi slang I'm not answering so I did so did not answer and I did not pass my English test the first time anyway right yeah <laughs> yeah I did not pass so what did I do you know like I say every challenge is an opportunity so it was challenging to learn the language. I didn't pass. So now it was, I had three months till I could sit the English test again. Three months. So those three months, honestly, I had vocabularies everywhere. In the in the car, in the, in the toilet, the living room. It's everywhere vocabularies to learn. Went to school, night school, to sit the test again. Because the thing was, I still remember it was in May, end of May on a Friday, our visa would expire on a Friday. Oh. So, no, it expired on the Saturday. On the Saturday. And on Thursday, I would, I got the result for my English test, for my second English test. So, in the afternoon, on Thursday afternoon, I passed. And on Friday, we went to the immigration and we could stay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> No pressure here, I tell you. Wow, that's, uh, yeah, sliding in, sliding in. And I bet uh, your kids had Kiwi accents by then, fluent. Oh, yeah. Max, Max, Max came home from kindergarten and said, Mom, they speak a different German. <laughs> <laughs> and for Sally, I have this, uh, Max was almost two, and Sally was almost 12 when we came to New Zealand. And, and it was like 27 years ago, Sally was like at school, somebody like from the Mars, you know, from Germany here in New Zealand. It wasn't normal that somebody suddenly comes from Germany and she couldn't even speak the language either, but kids learn really fast. Yeah. Or 12. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ah, wow. 
and and so okay let, let's skip forward a bit like you've ended up in a different city you're doing totally different things your life is quite different again probably a couple of iterations on tell me what you do now <laughs> yes it's actually yeah it is really interesting and when you when you say to me go through the numbers when I see every 10 years was a big event in my life have to yeah, say. Those, those dates of the astrological, like quite yeah. important um, transit, astrological transits that happen for everyone. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I was actually astonished that, yeah, no, me being original, a trained chef. Oh. I, maybe you didn't even know. No. <laughs> no. A trained chef, then coming to New Zealand, worked in a West Ham. And then they decided, so, no, 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 that's it, that's it, I'm out of here. And sometimes you have to really listen, you have to listen to your gut feelings. Say, no, that's not what I want to do anymore. I have to get out of here. So I left without knowing what's next. Sometimes we have to take the step, you know what mm -hmm. I mean, Sarah? Mm -hmm. And not just staying there just for the sake of staying. Mm -hmm. And then I walked around the mound because this is when you go and relax. When you're in a totally relaxed state, walked around the mound, and the universe said to me, Message, message, message. I said, I'm a chef. Message? What is with message? Message, message. Okay. So, and then I did a course, message course, and I said, Okay, I started my own business. And then I started my own message business. Cool. And then during the time, you know, I had some speaking engagements because I did lots for the community. I love working with the community. And they had a breakfast morning for volunteers. Steffi, we would like to invite you. So, oh, yeah, that's great. And, you know, when we're somewhere, we are appreciated. Why not? It's nice to go for a free breakfast. And then, and then they said, oh, can you do a 10-minute speech? Just a little bit, you know, your history and why you like being a volunteer. So in those 10 minutes, somebody was in the audience. She loved it so much. She asked me if I can come to talk to her club. And do a 45 minute speech. That's said, a long oh, yeah, speech. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it's a long. Yeah, it's a long. I said, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah, I can do this. I think, oh yeah, say yes and figure out how. And with this one speech I did then, 35 followed in the same year. Wow. Like 35 speech. 35 speeches, yeah. Yeah, engagements. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and then I realized, oh. Actually, I like doing this, being on stage and sharing stories and, and inspire others. And there is something. So then I looked a little bit further and started with Toastmaster. So I joined Toastmaster. Did this for four years. I was the, the president and the EA governor. And when I do something, I like, you know, contributing as well. I love, yeah, I love doing this. And I did this. And then I, I won speaking awards and the Toastmaster. I said, oh. Yeah, I want to do more. And I said, okay, I start my speaking business and the coaching. It's like, it's all, it's, we, sometimes we think we don't know where we're going, but it's all actually there already. Yeah. It's so, it's so smooth, huh? so smooth from this 10 minutes to those 35. Then I thought, oh, I really love doing it. Toastmaster. Oh, yeah, I do coaching. And the doors open, and the doors yeah. open. Yeah. And you just have to follow rather than anything that might block us going, oh no, I can't I can't quit my full-time chefing gig because I won't have anything. Mm -hmm. Like it's not the right thing. And that would just kind of mm, rot you from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. and that is that is a good that is a good saying, you know. There's lots of people when they're on the exit, so many regrets so many regret things they haven't done mm. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. want this I don't want this and they all say no they no one ever wishes that they'd worked more mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm about to go away hiking for three weeks and I'm like well you know at the end of my life I'm not going to regret having done that <laughs> yeah yeah I love it I love it and there's also it says uh, you only live once but if you do it right once is enough yeah even I think we come back sometimes I think I've been here already but, but still but you're in your physical you know yeah why yeah. you're only only one so 
yeah no I, I love it I really love it so you've got a speaking business you've got the massage business you've got a coaching business too don't you yeah the coaching business yes so now I'm a, I'm a self-leadership coach lead yourself to lead others to really it starts within you I like to uh, inspire and, and business owners to really listen to your voice what is going on what do I say to myself all the time what is holding me back and I use it actually as a with the wall I was behind a real wall but most people have an invisible wall in front of them me too you too we all have an invisible wall yeah. but some walls are so high and so thick there's every morning they just wake up and like bouncing against this wall nothing is going to happen because if you don't change anything nothing will change so I help I help people especially business owners with strategies to see what are the blockages what are the bricks in your wall what's holding you back so when you ident start identifying the bricks in your wall and pull out a brick what's going to happen you see some light and say oh that's nice and warm I want to have some more sunlight so you pull another brick another brick and what's going to happen when you pull out bricks out of a wall the wall is coming down you need to put on your sunscreen yeah yes that's right <laughs> but then when the wall comes down you actually can step out of your comfort zone out of your safety zone out of your tribal cycle that you know what that's me now it's me. I want to live my life, not somebody else's life, what they expect me to do. You're giving me the shivers. But it is. Yes. It is. Mm. And this is what I love doing, seeing those transformations. It's it's priceless. That's what I say. It's priceless. And also, mm. also, Sarah, is everyone's success is that everyone is just this far away from their own success and i say it's a brick link how do you how do you know that it's all in your mind ah sorry your mindset your mind what you think is what you feel so it's, you're only a head link the way yeah. yeah from your success from success yeah if you feel you're not there at the moment yeah because it's your mind that's on the way yeah yeah living living the life you want and what you what would you deserve that's mm -hmm. it's really like it is you know you think what you think it's what you feel what you feel is how you behave and how you behave shows you results and this is a circle but it all starts with our thinking and most people don't realize this. We have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day and 85% are negative. So you decide which one you make your own reality. And most people, oh, pick the negative one. Yeah, it is kind of human conditioning. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, there is like kind of that vast time expense generationally of needing to be careful because we might get eaten or mm -hmm. yeah so so that's kind of like but yeah it's it's a really interesting conundrum we have in this um modern society especially in the first world places where there, there is enough food and um in New Zealand there's not even going to be a snake that might bite you so <laughs> yeah no no yeah you're absolutely right the thing is most people Focus on the things they don't want. Even this morning when I walked up the mount with a friend, the thing is, if you listen to yourself, what your thoughts are, no, you say what you focus on is what you get. But if you focus on the negative, the things you don't want, this is one, what, what you're going to attract in your life. Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. Why not changing this one and say, what do you want? What do you want? Be clear what you want. Send it out. What you focus on is what you get. Do you have any tips for someone? I, I asked a friend this recently. Actually, I think I might have asked LinkedIn this. <laughs> um, or at least I was thinking about it when I wrote the post. What, if you're feeling stuck and you don't know what you want, 
what is there some kind of a tip that you would have for someone like that? Find your happy place. Where's the space where you can be just you, nothing from the outside? Sit there in silent, just in silent, and breathe. And you are good with meditation. I know, Sarah. Actually, the day we're recording this is 600 days consecutively of a special uh, meditation practice called Uchara. So, yeah, actually, I'd forgotten that <laughs> today until you mentioned it. I must. Uh... Wow. Congratulations. This is awesome. Mm. Congratulations. This, this, is, this is amazing. And this is when we actually stay still. We stay still and we are in the moment. Because our brains are so fast, so busy. I always explain it to my clients with we have all those wires up there in our brain, all the wires up there. So when a coach comes in the game, we start to unwire one wire at a time. Mm. And what happens when it's not in the lab anymore, you suddenly have space. Space. Mm. You have space to think, what do you what do I really want in life? What do I desire? What is it? But you need the time to do this by yourself without a radio or the phone or any interrupting children's husbands, partners. Just you. And I trust you. The answer will come. Hmm. Being silent. Your thoughts. Is, is really is your reality and there is a good saying change your thoughts and it will change your life you do have some very good quotes Steffi I love quotes I know <laughs> <laughs> I just love it they are so they are so powerful this is this is this one whenever you are lost in a thought without seeing it as a thought it becomes your reality and guided your feelings and actions. It is. It's all in your thoughts. It's all, but we are not, most people are not aware of it. They think it's from the outside. They all think it's coming, it's coming from the outside. When people say, oh, you know what, Steffi, I am so stressed because of this and this. It has nothing to do with it. Nothing at all. It is how you think about the circumstances. If you think differently about the circumstances, you will not be stressed. Mm. And sometimes that's a bit, that's, that can be really hard for someone who's, yeah. like, the, the wires are all crisscrossed and mashed up and you're like, yeah. well, what can I, I, can't, I don't know, I can't do anything. I'm like, yeah, all stuck together. And um, and so I guess that's that's the what's the one thing I can do to to take space. Yeah. Yeah. And like you, you know, we love hiking. Yeah. And nature is just beautiful. You go out there and you relax. You're in the moment. And this is what we have to do, really, to be in the moment, to feel mm -hmm. the things, what's coming up. This is what going for a hike, you're away from everything. You concentrate where you're walking on. You are in nature. You're just there. Nothing from the outside can do make you feel anything nothing 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 it's you i love the hiking it's just beautiful yeah and and if if you're a person that can't can't you know physically can't hike maybe even just going and sitting in a place in nature yeah might be a, a yeah. good idea as an option the, the ocean or yeah there are so many options this is oh there's another it's another one <laughs> if it's important for you you will find a way if not you will find an excuse albert einstein <laughs> no, that's that's a good it's good and, and and also another one what you just said before sarah so what would you do what i would do the first thing in the morning as soon as you open your eyes what is your first thought oh i woke up with like weird dreams this morning that yeah and i kept dozing and then i just kept yeah. like i was like oh yeah and it was a real neat and i came to a negative conclusion because of the dreams and then i got a message later that I was like oh that's not that's not the way it's going at all like it was really yeah. interesting to have that kind of gray brown wake up and then kind of get this like brightly colored message and go oh well that was totally different to what 
what my mind had decided. Yeah. Yeah. And it was raining. So that was. <laughs> but there's a lot, lots of, lots of things. People really ignore those things. You know, they wake, they wake up, they wake up in the morning. So, oh, it's raining. Oh, and that, and straight away negativity. They shower themselves with negativity. And then one thing after the thing happens, oh yeah, I knew that would be a whatever day today. They they program this beforehand. But if you wake up in the morning, yeah, oh, it's a little bit of rain. Great for the garden. That's wonderful. Good well, for the skin. Fun. Good for I, the skin. It's really like there was a part of me. It was the conditioning of oh, it's raining. Oh, but then it's like, but my house is a sauna in the summer. It's really nice that it's raining. I hope that it stays grey <laughs> so that I can exist in my without yeah. the aircon this afternoon. And yay, I didn't have to water the garden and. Yeah. All that kind of thing. It was just really interesting to notice it. So I guess that's the, the first step, right? Noticing it. And then also wrote down my dream because sometimes it's good to go back and kind of see it with without yeah. the layer of emotion that you came out with and go, oh, this is actually quite relevant in this particular way to my life right now. And I really like what you said about um, going to stillness because that came to me in my meditation last night and it was like actually don't worry about do doing doing come back to stillness that's what you need and I was like okay okay because I'm you know like there's the whole thing about goal setting and and knowing where you want to go but then there's also for me at least and some other people for sure um an internal pressure of oh, well, if I, I'm, I'm a failure if I don't achieve this and I'm not doing anything right now. So I need to be doing something. I need to be doing, doing, doing. And I know that that's not actually good for me. So it's just like finding the balance of, for yourself. It's it's um, it's um, the dance of life really, isn't it? Yeah. That was really nice. It's the dance of life. And it all starts in our mind, our thoughts. Our thoughts guide you. You pick the thought you want to make reality. Yeah. every day every minute every second yeah. or if you maybe have me it's not every day it's like flower you know every it's not every day is sunshine we have tough times we have tough times but then when you say a minute later it's already in the past so you decide if you want to stay in the past or if you no i'm in the now i cannot change the circumstances but what i can change is the thinking around the circumstances yeah, this is what it's really do. really really hard I mean I've found a number of um, spiritual practices that can help minimize that mm -hmm. um, which which I'm glad of because sometimes to me it's just like oh my god I to change just even just remembering to change it's it can yeah. be uh, yeah, yeah awesome. that's what it comes down to it really is that simple mm. yeah it is it is simple but we forget sometimes because we are busy well that's why we have people like you around Steffi to remind us that's right. That's right. And I have to say this one sentence, as you, you know, I worked in prison as a coach as well, you know, here in New Zealand for three years. And the boys, the guys I work with, the first in the first session, this sentence is really a must for everyone. Nothing in life has a meaning except the meaning you give to it. Mm. Nothing in life has a meaning except the meaning you give to it. Mm -hmm. mm. Everyone has a different perception of life. Everyone. You say, Steffi, we should go to the movies. It's an awesome movie. We go to the movies and say, oh, no, I didn't like it. Oh, really? I've got a different perception. I have different filters. Everybody has different filters how we see the world. How we don't, we, oh, what is that saying? We don't see the world. This is a good one. We don't see the world how it is. We see the world as we are. Mm. Mm. But you can see we always come back to our mindset. So for people that want a bit of a change of mindset, you have an event coming up, don't you? Oh, yes, that's Tell right. Tell us about your event. It, it is a, a one local to the Bay of Plenty, but it's uh, it's on a weekend, so. Yeah, Saturday um, night on the 24th of February, 7 o'clock here at, at Bay Park. 
you know, fly in from wherever you are in the world, right? <laughs> oh, heck yeah. New Zealand, paradise. For, yeah, this is paradise from New Zealand. Anyway, and it's called Defining Moments Breaking Down Barriers. But it does, the defining moments do not just breaking down barriers, they're transforming lives. And we all have defining moments. Every day we have them. Some of you don't even realize it, but they're forming our lives every day. Like it, we, we, are, we are having this interview here right now. Somebody listens and that could be a defining moment for this person to transform this person's life in whatever they or she is going to change. Mm. It's everywhere. So yeah, this does we have, uh, it's just, I'm so excited about it. We have bubbles at the right, but we have awesome goodie bags, amazing prizes. It's a fundraiser for our local Graham Dingle Foundation oh. here in New Zealand. So lots of people don't even know what they do. They're, they actually have a program from kids for kids for five to 18 years old for children they are a little bit challenging or even a little bit of tro in, in troubling, you know, troubled children. And they're going through a one-year program and we want to sponsor one minimum one child with the fundraise, with the money. There's, we can make a difference to this child and not just making a difference to this child, we're also making a difference to the child's family and to mm -hmm. our environment, for our environment as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love it. And we want, we have actually Todd Muller. He's sharing his story. And his story is mind-blowing. It's really powerful. Uh, we want we want to have some more guys in the room to listen to this. And there's, there is help out there. And actually speak to speak up and not bottling in everything. This is what we want. We even have guys there from Men Making Miles. They meet once a month. It's a men's group here in Tawanga. So this men have the opportunity to meet and talk, open up with, you know, with men, with, without any woman around. Mm. So mm. honestly, I'm I'm so, so, so excited. So you've got a number of speakers, a good fun yes. night, and it's fundraising for a great cause. Yeah, yeah. So even one, one is coming from Australia. Tash, she is a trauma coach. So she's sharing her story. Wow, mind-blowing story. Yeah. So, yeah. Those are powerful. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story, Steffi, or part of it. Thank that you. Was fascinating. Yes. It's a handful. Yeah, it's amazing how many... Um, you're not the first person I've interviewed and found out while interviewing that they were a refugee. Yeah, mm. and have come so far. And, uh yeah. Thank you for sharing so many of your amazing quotes. Yeah, thank you. How, thank how you do Beth. people how do people find you? Yes, my webpage is steffiaugust.com. But I always say my name is Steffi August. August like September. Easy to remember. <laughs> yeah, everything is on steffiaugust.com on the webpage. Whatever, you know, uh, even my speak up with confidence workshops all the workshops the coaching packages or even if you just want to have a chat you know a self-discovery session just email me text me whatever suits you best and then we or can a message <laughs> uh, how i can how i can help you so or how i can support you right well thanks so much steffi thank you Welcome to the music section of the show. I recently attended the Auckland Folk Festival after many years absent, usually because I was away hiking. And what a gem of a festival it is, packed with world music as well as traditional folk, nouveau folk and great group dancing opportunities. There are pop-up jams and sharing too. So here's a song that I shared there that I wrote many years ago while chasing my paternal great-grandfather's line back to Scotland. It's probably the folkiest song I've ever written. Oh, the Highlands, the Scottish Highlands, from where my family came, they brought their people and their pride, it's 
Samantha Hepburn.